0: thank you for joining us today with newly awakened ministries all righty here we go are you good mr rick i'm good man Ready all right to go. awesome awesome well guys Ready thank you go. for joining us here tonight we are so excited to have mr rick curry a, an amazing man of god joining us here tonight Uh, You know, he is an author of his latest book, The Sound of Awakening. In the description above, you can find the link to order his book. Also, if you want to partner with his ministry in any way, if you want to give a love offering in any way, you can give in that description. You know. Mr. Rick and his wife Jennifer, you know, they have served in the ministry nearly 40 years. They have pastored thriving churches and they've also traveled full-time in evangelism ministries, including international ministry and in church planning. You know, Mr. Rick, he has seen his dream and appeal to, to an appeal to heaven be heralded around the world and is very confident that America's greatest awakening lies ahead of her and not behind her. You know. Mr. Rick and Jennifer are currently traveling full-time and ministering the fire of awakening wherever (laughs) they minister. Uh, you know, I am so excited that we get to go live with Mr. Rick tonight. It is truly an honor. Um, so if anyone has any comments for prayer towards the end, guys comment below, we would love to pray with you guys for you guys. Um, you know, I am so excited for what the Lord is wanting to do. But how are you doing, Mr. Rick? How's everything been going in your life? Good, man.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. We just love being here with you and uh, your audience.
0: We love it. And thank you so much for having us on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, You know, for anybody that is watching, what what would you want them to know about your life? Wow. Well, uh, thanks so much. I, I think
1: probably, you know, and I appreciated the introduction. My wife and I have been ministering now for over 40 years, and we love it. But here's the deal. My wife and I are doing tonight what we settled in our hearts to do when we were 16 years old. And so the call of God came while we were young. Mm -hmm. And we settled our hearts to do his will. And Mm -hmm. all of these years later, uh, our life is still defined by the calling of our youth. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I would encourage, you know, your audience and newly awakened and all of those that are joining us, I'd I'd really encourage them to know that uh, our dreams really matter. And Jennifer and I have come a long way since we were 16, knelt in an old camp meeting in Fleming County, Kentucky, over uh, near Maysville, Kentucky. And uh, that's where we uh, really met. And uh, But now we've got uh, two boys all these years later, both men, married. Uh, Each of them are married. Both of them are married. And we've got four grandbabies. Number five on the way. Whoa. And um, but our our boys are working together. Them and their wives. Our eldest son is the lead pastor of a church we planted here in Pensacola years ago. Then they took the ministry over and rebranded it, relaunched it, and did all of this with it. Amazing things. And uh, so our eldest son is the is the lead pastor our youngest son is the is the worship pastor and so they work together their wives work together you know they're in the ministry in the church and we love that and uh so so yeah you know the lord has been so good all of these years and uh jennifer and i uh really find it as exciting today you know serving and ministering for the lord and doing what we do we um we find it as exciting today as we did when we were, you know, 18, 19 years old. Started pastoring when I was 19 years old, uh, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and uh pastored there kind of in a lay pastorate about uh three or four months before we officially accepted the church, right after our 20th birthday. And so we've just never slowed down since then, man. And we we love it so much and But we love every opportunity that we get to, you know, to come on and share like this. And then also to really encourage, you know, young ministers like yourself and and your wife and and your team and all of those that are joining us tonight. These are amazing days to be alive. It's it's a wonderful time to be alive and a very exciting time. So we need to make the most of it and uh, really set our hearts to do mighty exploits for the Lord in these days. Yes, sir.
0: Well, that is, yeah, that is incredible. I, I'm just getting stirred already. Um, you know, if I can ask you, what has God been placing on your heart lately? Like, what has he been speaking to you about? Well,
1: you know, we just, we just finished up. We just came off of a 21-day, uh, what I call a communion fast. And it seems like coming into this year, Holy Spirit was really ministering to me, I think really mostly about the the unconventional times that we're living in, and the need for the church to really um, find her footing, to find her place in this culture, to find her voice in this culture. and one of the things the Lord's really been ministering to me because you know, a number of years ago, I remember hearing a, a major prophet begin to prophesy that we would see the time when the church would begin to gather in ways that we had never seen it gather before. And uh, and we see that now so much online and with Zoom and YouTube and all of the social media platforms that make it easier now than ever to broadcast our message out there. And these new innovative uh, platforms, uh, they, they really just seem uh, completely natural to your generation. But to my generation, they're really quite revolutionary because we could have never imagined such a thing when we were starting out in our in our journey, in our ministries. But the Holy Spirit has really been ministering to me that the church must remain the authentic voice of Christ uh, in these days. And one of the things that we must do is we must uh, return to a dynamic life of prayer in our lives. We must have a strong emphasis on prayer. And one of the things that Lord's really been ministering to me, Andrew, he's been reminding me that when we gather together, when we pray together, you know, the Lord said, when any two gather together— he's there in the midst of them. He didn't say if we were in a building, but that if we were gathered together in his name. And so one of the things the Lord's been ministering to me is to really celebrate this mystic fellowship that happens when the church comes together, whether it's on a Zoom or in a room, you know, Mm -hmm. something happens when we come together, Matthew 18, Ephesians 6, 1 John 1, on and on. There's this incredible fellowship of the Spirit that begins to develop when we come together. And I just believe that we're in a time where we need to once again hear the word that says, if any two shall agree, you know, uh, you know, praying always in the spirit. And so we just we just believe that the Lord is reaffirming uh, a life of prayer, uh, that He's reestablishing, you know, that that fellowship that comes uh, through the gathering. I think it would be easy in these days for the church to make excuse why we can't gather as we once did, mm-hmm. and you know that just is what it is but we must not make an excuse for not gathering. You know, we need those gatherings because it creates this this fellowship in the Holy Spirit that we all need. And so that's one of the things that the Lord has really been ministering to me. The other thing is I I just believe that we're living in some of the greatest times of our lifetime. And uh, it's an amazing opportunity to be alive in these days. And to be able to make uh, a contribution, if you will, uh, to the to the fruit of His kingdom in our generation, and believe that God's doing a mighty work. So uh, that's just a little bit of what what He's had on my on my heart and mind, uh, you know, recently.
0: So I love that. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Now, I earlier you were talking about you just came out of your communion fast, and so. Can I ask? Because I, I've seen some of your videos on Facebook when you're going live, or if it's been some of your teachings that you've placed on YouTube. Um, what, like, how how did the communion start? Uh, fast start for you. Okay, I was coming. Uh, it
1: was near the end of 2019, and the Spirit of the Lord through our study really through our book, On the Sound of Awakening. The Lord, I love the history of revivals and the moves of God. I love to tell those old stories of history. People that your audience has probably never heard of, but whom God used to really radically impact generations and nations. But we've forgotten their names. But we loved it. I love to tell those stories. Because one of the reasons is, is because God has always chosen to use ordinary men and women to really do extraordinary things in the kingdom of God. And so I, I had been studying and reading and studying the history of revivals and awakenings. One of the things that really began to impact me in that global study was that few major revivals or awakenings few of them have not included a return to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Now, it's not really much you hear about with revival and awakening, but I begin to realize that so many major moves of God began when the ministers began to return to the foundations, return to the fundamentals, return to the basic principles— and to begin to rebuild the, the the fallen down structures, if you will, of forgotten sacrament and biblical teaching. And so coming out of 2019, I've been studying a lot about that, about communion, about the impact of what happens when we uh, go back to the foundation and we begin to return to the table of the Lord. And all of that was in my heart. And so at the end of 2019, the spirit of the Lord began to minister to me and said that I was to begin 2020 with a 21 day communion fast. Never heard of a communion fast. I'd never read a book on it. I'm writing one now, but I mean, I didn't know, I never heard anything of a communion fast. And so really the focus of it though is I think many times, Andrew, when we fast, we focus on what we're fasting from Mm. rather than what we're fasting for. Mm. If we understand what we're fasting for, then what we have to give up in the fast is of little consequence. Look, if you're praying and believing for something big enough, then our argument shouldn't have to be over whether peanut butter is a fruit or vegetable. You follow what I'm saying? And so what we want to do is take the fast and focus on what we're fasting for, not just what we're fasting from. And so what we did was what I felt like we needed to do was take the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and put it at the center of the communion. And rather than focus on everything that we got to give up and my, 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 we're going to suffer for 21 days for Jesus. Rather than that, put the sacrament of the Lord's Supper at the center, focus on his bread, the, the wines, focus on his body and his blood, understand the covenant promise of God that rests in that foundation. And then really begin to say, God, let us focus on what you're saying to us, not just what we're, you know, I've had so many people talk to me about their fast, but it's always about, you know, what they're giving up, what they're suffering, what they're laying down, and I get that, but look, I just think if we know what we're fasting for, what we have to lay down is of less consequence. And so we wanted to put communion at the center. So we taught on that. We taught on the covenant promise of God and really try to renew the foundation of our faith and the understanding coming in to the new year.
0: That, that's awesome. I, I, I love to hear that. Uh, now, I was wanting to ask you with the communion, communion fast, Ever since you started it, have you felt like a shift or an impact in your spirit when you, pra- when you started doing the communion fast?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, look, what happened was we started uh, January 5th, <clears throat> 2020, is when I began that year, the 21 day fast. Had no idea COVID was already uh, at work, though it had not been, nothing had really been said of it yet. It was about midway or three quarters of the way through that fast, that 21-day period, that COVID began to be the spread globally. And so then we begin to realize that the fast was much bigger than just our 21 days. You know what I'm saying? And so the Lord really began to pour out his Holy Spirit in that. And a lot of those teachings are there on our YouTube channel that you mentioned a few moments ago, and thank you, by the way, for doing that. But, you know, uh, what we began to realize was that the Holy Spirit was bringing deep revelation in that time, even as COVID was beginning to spread globally. And it ended up at the end of the 21 days, uh, nobody wanted to stop. And so we ended up doing communion every night for over 600 nights in a row. We never missed one night for over 600 nights. And the reason was, and we went live every single night for over 600 nights, partly because we we felt like we were in a divine moment where God was calling us to cry out for the nations of the earth. And and so it really became much more than just a 21-day fast, you know, that we would normally think about doing. So it was it was very impactful and um, and and really life-changing for so many of us. And we saw God answer amazing answers to prayer, miracles, healings. It really was incredible. And there would be nights when the Holy spirit would just settle in on that thing out right there on the zoom. And it was amazing. And so, yeah, we just, we loved it. And the Lord taught us a lot through that time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, something that even when it comes to communion, something the Lord, he was like laying on my heart and he was showing me, um, it was kind of like a foreshadow from the book of Ezekiel. When you know, in Ezekiel, he goes into heaven and says, Here, eat the scroll. And it's like, as we can see with like prophetic imagery, where there's like the scroll is the word of God and the, you know, Jesus is the word of flesh, where we are taking of his body. And then he, what happens is he gets imparted of this word, wow. even though th- there was that message. But you know, he was showing me like there was an impartation going on during commu- like that foreshadow of communion. And, and it was like, it was, there was just so much of the Lord. He was showing me. It's like, even when there's that communion, there's impartation of Christ that's coming into our lives, you know? And it's like, there, it was like, there was even that foreshadow of like, literally we're receiving the one that's on the right hand of the father. Come on man. We're like we're we're taking it in our body. Yes, we are doing it on a daily devotion as we're exchanging our things for him and it's like and as we're filling ourselves up with him and that's that but also when we are taking the elements as we are going and saying God, thank you for the body, thank you for the blood. That's like there's the impartation of Christ, the impartation of like healing, of breakthrough. That's like like you were saying there were so many miracles that break out through communion. Absolutely yeah and so it just it, yeah it just it gets well started. you know
1: Andrew I love that and and I looked down a moment ago only because I, I never I'm, I'm never very far away from my journal mm-hmm. and and you you begin to write some things that made me think some things so I just had to write them down in my my journal and I mm-hmm. want to encourage you and everybody else to journal more yeah. because it's it's like uh, my son was preaching ministering here recently and he and both of my boys journal a lot and uh but one of the things he said was which I loved a lot. He said, you know, he had, he said he had learned to journal because the paper will never forget what his mind can never remember. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know. Yeah. So I had to write some things down that you were saying. And I think what you brought up about Ezekiel is absolutely perfect for the heart of what the communion fast is all about. And look, you know, let's let's be serious. You know, uh, uh, much of the church has made the sacrament of the Lord's Supper just, uh, uh, you know, an occasional ritual at the church that we do with very little impact or teaching, Mm -hmm. you know. And and when I was growing up, they did communion once a quarter, whether we needed it or not. But I never grew up understanding the imagery and the shadows and all of that, that rests in the prophetic you know pictures and symbolism that is in all of that, and and it's absolutely remarkable. And so, uh, in this twenty-one day fast, we went back and taught a lot out of the Book of Genesis and the Abrahamic Covenant. When it was Melchizedek that mm-hmm. served to Abram the bread and the wine, you know, yeah. which was the introduction of the Lord's Supper in the Book of Genesis and yeah. but it was foundational it was covenantal and 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 the other thing is i think i think if believers if we understood that in a practical way more we would struggle less over miracles and prayer and intercession and how god moves and how he answers to answers prayer and and all of that so it's just remarkable, but I loved what you said about Ezekiel. It's
0: wonderful insight. I mean, because it's like what we di- what we intake. It's so important. It's like for one, I mean, in the garden, the knowledge of the, the fruit of from the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, when that act of, ode- of obedience disobedience caused death. Yeah. You know we. That was this, but then, yeah, but with Jesus, it's eternal life. It's everything, it's the fullness of God that we can receive.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's
0: like, oh, no, I, I love it. I love it. We can stay on that for a long time if we wanted to, but I, 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 let me, let me add
1: one more thing. Yeah. Go for let me,
0: it. Let me add one more thing to that. Yeah.
1: Before we move on. And that is, um, I'm going to be doing a teaching on Wednesday night just on the Zoom. And we'll probably do it on our, you know, broadcast it to our Facebook or something, but it's a a four week class that I'm going to do on the 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 covenant ceremony of the wedding. Mm. And here's the thing: the 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 thing that we have in our culture today that most reflects the culture of the covenant and the Abrahamic covenant. From the book of Genesis is the actual wedding ceremony. Mm. Now, there's so much symbolism that happens in the wedding ceremony that people generally have no idea where that comes from. Why do we do those things that we do at a wedding? People don't even know why. For example, a couple of things. Why does the groom's family sit on one side and the bride's family sit on the other side of the church? Don't know. Why are they separated by a center aisle? Where did the tr- tradition begin for the father? Think about this: for the father to escort the bride to an encounter with the groom. Whoa! So where? Watch, watch. I see you're getting it. Where did the symbolism of the little flower girl? Now let me ask you this, Andrew: Why did the little flower girl? Why does she traditionally? I know every wedding's not this way but why traditionally would the flower girl drop rose petals down the aisle preceding the entrance of the bride?
0: I, I don't know. Why?
1: See, see, so I'm telling you. And so every bit of that and more is written. Let me ask you this at the reception, the groom feeds the bride, the cake, right? Mm-hmm. She feeds him the cake. Why? Where did that come from? All right. One more. What about when the groom carries the bride across the threshold on their wedding night? Where does that come from? Here's the deal, brother. Here's the deal, man. All of that is deeply rooted in the covenant promise of God. Part of the reason why marriage is under such attack in our in our culture is because there's a war against the covenant promise of God, mm. and so every one of those things are deeply rooted in the Book of Genesis and the covenant promise that God made to Abraham, and so the, the, the groom carrying the bride across the uh, threshold yeah. actually is an Old Testament symbolism of the New Testament rapture of the church. Hear what mm. I'm saying to you, mm. and the the rose the red rose petals. Symbolize the sprinkling of the blood. The bride coming down the aisle is symbolizes in the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 17. It symbolizes the walk of death. Mm, Why? Mm. Because when the bride comes down the aisle to encounter the groom, right? She is symbolically dying to every other man in her life. Mm. And she's being escorted by the father to an encounter with the groom now Mm. it just goes from there i've never taught on that though i've wanted to for 25 years so i'm just going to do it online and uh, it's completely free anybody wants to jump in
0: can but it might be a fun you know it might be a fun class oh i'm definitely going to be catching that if i if i'm not able to do it live i'm going to definitely catch the the replay of it yeah you'll like that oh man, I'm getting anxious about it now, in a good way, in a good way <laughs> um okay, so as some people may know if you if they don't they don't if it's very popular about there's a flag that Mr. Rick's seen in his dream that's gone uh it's gone all over the world, it's really impacted a lot of lives. it's the appeal to heaven flag it's from a dream that he had. And Mr. Rick, can you share about the appeal to heaven dream and the flag and how it's impacted in uh, other churches and how other people are like coming in agreement with what God is doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, man. Again, Andrew, great question. So much of what God reveals to me, I don't don't really understand why. So I'm not trying to make excuse for it. Uh, I love it but one of the big ways that the Lord ministers to me is through dreams. Um, I will dream at night what I'm, I see myself wearing the next day, and I'll get up and I'll put those clothes on. I don't know. It's just like the Lord shows me. But one night I had this dream, and I won't no sense going through the whole dream, but uh, I, I awakened early in the morning before daylight, just having had this dream. And real quick, it was a dream of the gathering of generations uh, back early mm-hmm. and predating our own American history. Mm-hmm. And it was generations coming together. It was tribes and languages and and generations coming together in this one uh it looked like an old tabernacle if if you know what I mean by that yeah. an yeah. old wooden structure that they, may have had old healing crusades or something in. And uh, in Kentucky, I was familiar with that kind of a structure. But we begin to see all of these generations representing the earliest of times in our culture, predating our own nation. And they were all coming together. And in the dream, I knew that it was, what I heard in the dream, it was the synergy of the ages, it was generations coming together for a cause greater than any one of those generations individually and i knew and by the by the end of the dream i knew that it was a dream about america's greatest awakening now i could go through i could talk about the you know the symbolism and the imagery and all of the stories but it would take me an hour to do that on here right But what what we discovered was, I knew, I I knew that the dream was a very significant dream. And I knew that it was a dream about America's greatest awakening. And I'm telling you tonight, and your audience, I'm telling you tonight, America's greatest awakening lays ahead of her and not behind her. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me say that. Because you are a young man of calling and of anointing and of purpose and of team building. And I want to encourage you, you will see in your lifetime what my generation has only dreamed of seeing. So you're going to see it. And so I want you to know in that dream, uh, I, I could see this awakening. And I knew it's a massive move of God. Well, near the end of that dream, I saw a friend of mine who's a minister by the name of Dutch Sheets, and I saw Dutch in the dream, and uh, uh, at the end of my dream, he was waving a flag, and uh, I had never seen the flag before, And uh, but I got up the next morning, and I was writing all of the dream, word by word, scene by scene, in my journal, and... Uh, my wife uh, awakened, realizing I was out of bed. She came into our family room, and she said, you had a dream, didn't you? And I said, I did. And so she sat down beside of me. She wanted to hear about the dream. And so I began to tell her about it. And we both were just uh, uh, just blown away, if you will, by what the Lord had shown me. And so in that, though, I began to describe for her this flag. I said, and and I saw Dutch waving this flag, and she was intrigued. She said, well, what did the flag look like? I said, well, it was a white flag with a green evergreen tree in the middle of it, and it had writing over top of the tree. Now, I'll be honest, for me, the night I had the dream, the flag was not the biggest thing for me in the dream. The dream was full of all kinds of sights, The dream was full of all kinds of sounds and the dream was full of all kinds of symbols. Now the flag was a symbol, but for me, the biggest thing of the dream was the sound that I heard released in the earth when generations come together Mm. for a cause greater than any one of us individually. And so my wife, when I began to describe for her the flag, she began to say, Ricky, I believe that flag is real. I said, well, the flag can't be real. I mean, I'd never seen a flag like that. And look, Andrew, since that time, I've told this story, I don't know how many times, in so many places across the country and outside, I've never had one person who came up to me and said, i learned about that flag in school. I had never seen the flag before I dreamed it in a dream and so she said well I believe it's real and and she said I think we need to google it so we googled it and I'm gonna pull this one up here so you know you guys can see it right so here here it is you know it says an appeal to heaven (laughs) you can see the tree you can see the evergreen tree in the middle now look this one here you can see Andrew's all torn and tattered because when I had the dream, this was this was the first, I ordered a flag that morning and this was the first one I got. And now this flag has flown over, over 10 states across the United States. This flag has flown over the state capitals of over 10 different states. It flew in Illinois for over a year. It flew in in the Senate of the Illinois uh, Senate for over a year. It's flown over Texas, Kentucky. It's flown over Arkansas. Arkansas was the first state it flew over. It's flown over Pennsylvania. It's flown over Delaware, on and on and on. And so when we Googled it, we realized that not only was the flag real, but check this out, the flag was created in 1775 by General George Washington himself. As a matter of fact, this flag predated the stars and stripes. And historically, you will find that this flag was the first flag of our nation. It's remarkable. And so many people, and I teach, when I go, we go places, I'll teach sometimes for six or eight hours on the history of the flag. Why? Well, because it matters. And look, the white flag, the white represented the cause of liberty, the purity of the cause of liberty. The green evergreen tree was a gift from the First Nations people to the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. The First Nations people look at the tamarisk tree or the evergreen tree as the tree of covenant. That's what they look at it. Now, think about this, because we're talking about covenant. Look, I want to tell you something. The war that America is having is not a political war, though it's manifest as a political war. What's really going on is a war against the covenant promise of God for the nations of the earth. It's an end-time covenantal struggle. And so the, the, the First Nations people gave the revelation of the tree of covenant To the founding fathers. Benjamin Franklin uh, entered into like 54 treaties with the First Nations people. And they gave them the hope of the covenant that's deeply rooted in the evergreen tree. As a matter of fact, in the book of Genesis, back to the Abrahamic covenant, in the book of Genesis, when God revealed himself to Abraham, he revealed himself as El Olam under the tamarisk or the evergreen tree. So when God revealed himself to Abram as the almighty one, he revealed that to him under the evergreen tree. And so many people have asked me, Andrew, if the words in appeal to heaven would have been on the flag in 1775. And the answer is yes. And the other thing is you will find early Uh, iterations of early American flags that also had the evergreen tree on it. This was Mm -hmm. not the only one, but this one was created in 1775 by George Washington. Why did he create it? Well, he was funding the continental Navy out of his own pocket and it would be going up against the greatest naval force in the history of the world, which was the British Navy and the, the young nation, if you will, and even a nation at the time, they had no standard or no flag to fly aboard the ships. So he commissioned a servant of his to come up with a flag, and that's the flag they came up with. And by the way, the words in appeal to heaven come from a man by the name of John Locke, who in 1690, in a treatise, on the second treatise of government, began to write that when a, a people or a nation, when a people find themselves up against insurmountable odds, they must always remember they can bow a knee and make an appeal to heaven mm-hmm. and to the God of providence, and he would move on their behalf. Mm-hmm. So they put on the flag an appeal to heaven. Why? Because it was a it was six, six barges of antiquity with a bunch of farmers as sailors who had never seen conflict going up against the greatest naval force in the history of the world, the great British Navy. And so they knew they had to make an appeal to heaven. And so that was the flag. Now, I didn't know, I'd never seen the flag before I dreamed it. And now, Andrew, to your point, now we've had people literally all over the world Literally, send us pictures of them holding up this flags from the Middle East to Russia to, to Asia, all over Asia, to the Middle East, uh, Israel, uh, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, on and on and on. People holding up that flag for an appeal to heaven. and uh, But it really is an appeal to heaven for the covenant promise of God to be remembered upon the earth. Even today, Andrew, I heard the Lord say that we must learn again how to uh, enact the covenant of God.
0: Mm. That's good. Yeah. That is awesome. And that that is really, that's really great. And, uh, you know, I even see people in Clarksville everywhere, like there's several churches that will have the appeal to heaven. Flag up there, coming in agreement like with with the word that God's released, you know um something that I did want to ask you, because uh, I know we don't have too much time left. you know you with a minister with a lot of experience, you know, what kind of character traits do you look for in younger ministry leaders or in general ministry leaders uh, when they're inter- when you're interacting with them? And then also, what kind of character do you believe needs to be passed from the generation before to this younger generation of believers? I love that question.
1: Because look, man, the funnest thing for me now is to meet with young ministers. You know why? Because I I remember that. I remember being called to preach at 16 and sitting down with these guys and and dreaming about what the future may look like. Nobody can anticipate what the years may hold that have not yet been unfurled. Nobody can really anticipate where your ministry might lead you, who it might introduce you to, what obstacles you might face, and what victories you might win. There's no way to imagine it. So I think really a few things come to my mind. Number one, we've got to help young ministers, young leaders understand that 99% of what we do is built on relationships. Look, so much of this revolves around relationships. We need people in our lives that are ahead of us and have more experience than us. Many times they can open up the doors. They can build platforms. They can make introductions. They can make opportunities happen. But we also need relationships of our own peers, people that we're running with, teams that we're building, people that we're loving and encouraging and doing life with. We also need that younger generation that we're pulling up and we're inspiring. and we're building platforms for them. So I think there's a lot that comes down about relationship. And in that relationship, there's no greater uh, there's no greater legacy to leave than a legacy of understanding how critically important discipleship, prayer, all of those fundamentals, of our lives really are, you know, uh, stewardship, uh, learning to steward our lives, learning to steward our homes, our marriage, our family, our finances, our team, learning to rightly steward what God has given to us. So I think there's a lot about, and a lot of that really comes under the dynamic need for relationships the need to be discipled, the need to be rightly aligned. Look, mm-hmm. you need to be aligned with people that, that, that you hear the echo of your own heart in. Mm-hmm. Hear what I'm saying? Sure. Not people that are trying to mandate what you do or restrict what you do, but people that know how to dream with you, people that can build platforms for you, introduce people to you. You know, another principle I think is really important is we, we need to teach people the simplicity and, and the dynamic attribute of loyalty, of being true to your values, to being true to who you are, to not compromising, you know, who God made you to be by trying to be someone else. It's easy when we're a young minister or a young leader to aspire to those that are not yet where we want to be. I mean they're, they're they are where we want to be. but it's it's easy sometimes to look at them and so emulate them or try to model them that we lose who we are in that process. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I encourage young people to really be who God's called them to be. And to be to have leaders in their life that will celebrate that, that will encourage that, that will help them in that to really find their voice. One of the reasons why I wrote the book on the sound of awakening is because this the the book really is about how God uses ordinary, everyday men and women to accomplish phenomenal things in their lives for the glory of the King. And that's really what it's about. And and I believe that, you know, relationship, stewardship, uh, loyalty, in friendships, you know, learning to live courageously in who God has called you to be uh, is really a very inspiring thing. And look, we, we, we have a lot of older leaders who are still so much trying to find who they are. They don't have time to pour in who the next generation is. Mm -hmm. And we need leaders that can see that generation coming behind us and pull them up and inspire them and encourage them and give them room and build them platforms. I said recently in a meeting, um, you know, that I don't care if I get to spend the rest of my life building platforms for other people to preach on, I'll be perfectly happy because at some point we have to begin to value the voice of the generation who's coming after us. And so, you know, for me, you know, that I'm not sure that was a, that wasn't a Textbook answer. I should have just been able to go one, two, three, four. That's wonderful. This is it. But it's a relationship. Look, in the ministry, nothing is more valuable to you than your relationship. Govern them, steward them, manage them well. Start with managing your own life in the relationship with the Lord, your wife, your family. You know, manage that, manage that, manage it with other leaders. So, relationship, stewardship, you know, um, loyalty and friendships, discipleship, all of those things are critical that we teach the next generation. And the other thing is we need to give them an inspiring hope from the word of the Lord, Mm. because it's the word of God that's going to endure forever. And, And we give God the praise, you know, for that. So that's, I don't know, that wasn't wasn't really a very good answer, was it, Andrew? But no, it was actually it was, it was perfect.
0: It was perfect. Um, you know, I know I know we have a few minutes left. Uh, I would love for us to take this time and and cap off the the evening in a time of prayer. Uh so guys, I have the I have the stream pulled up next to me if anybody needs prayer, go ahead and start uh, t- uh, typing in. But as for right now, me and Mr. Rick, we'll go ahead and we'll start praying. And Mr. Rick, if anything, if the Lord places anything on your heart, on your mind, go ahead and go for it. But uh, we'll we'll start off. Father, we just thank you for tonight. God, we just thank you for the revelation and the wisdom uh, that you that you were pouring out, God, just the heart of awakening, God, that you were pouring out, God, I just thank you that what is being released is contagious, God, I thank you, God, that it is, uh, that it is good, Lord, I thank you that you are doing something, I just see, I just see like a lot of uh, hearts just being set aflame again, just getting, uh, just getting refreshed, getting re God, I just even thank you for, uh, for the good things that you're doing lord we just even ask for healing for anybody that is asking for prayer tonight god even if uh even if it's mental wholeness physical wholeness god i just thank you that you are a healer we thank you that you are the you are a savior god lord i thank you that your blood is greater your blood is stronger than anything anything that we could try to come against it god lord i thank you that you are doing more and more and more uh so, Lord, we just thank you for, for tonight, God. Yeah, Mr. Richard, is there anything that the Lord is showing you or anything that's in your heart?
1: You know, uh, Andrew, I felt like earlier, uh, before we got on, uh, I felt like that there was somebody who was going to be watching that is going to be uh, facing some kind of a court hearing. They even may now be in a um, some kind of a legal uh, uh, case, but I felt like the, 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 Lord, even I told you I was doing my run, taking a run, you know, but when I was running, I felt like the Lord had me be- begin to pray because somebody's on here who's facing a, a legal issue. The Lord said that there's a surprise that's coming and there's a resolution to the case and do not be afraid the spirit of God has gone before you and he's working mightily on your behalf. So I just want to pray right now. If anybody's in any kind of a custody battle, if anybody's in any kind of a marriage situation or any kind of a legal, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I'm struggling for the word, any kind of a legal case that's unfolding. I just hear the Lord say that there is a quick resolve Mm -hmm there's a surprise coming, it's going to be a turnaround, and that the Spirit of God is going to begin to uh, radically uh, bring a resolution to this case, and you're going to see a significant and mighty breakthrough. So, Father, we just pray right now for everyone that's watching this live, or maybe you're watching it on, on, on a recorded version, or maybe you're watching it on YouTube, however you came across this tonight, we just declare that the Lord is moving mightily ahead of you. We declare that 2023 is a turnaround year. It's a turnaround year. It's a year to pivot. It's a year to turn. It's a year for great transformation. And we're just believing that the Lord even now is working mightily on your behalf. And Father, I pray right now that everybody watches this will begin to come into by faith a supernatural in time move of God that they would begin to come into personal awakening and revival and that they would begin to see a supernatural move of God through signs, wonders, miracles in their life, families getting saved, relationships being healed. Look, um, you know, I just believe that there are some things I can't get away from the legal thing. I'm telling you, somebody here that you've had things stolen from you, things that have been broken, relationships have been bro- broken, but the Lord says that this is a turnaround year. It's a pivot moment, and so I want to encourage you, and I want to bless you tonight, and I want to thank the Lord even now for what he's doing on, on your behalf, in Jesus' name.
0: Jesus. Yeah, I uh, I keep feeling a stirring that someone is either watching or going to be watching the replay that is that came expectant, And they were wanting, like, I just keep feeling like a, they were wanting to have like a an encounter with the Holy Spirit, like a, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just even ask that right now, whoever is searching, whoever is hungry for your spirit and your presence, God, we ask you to just fill them up right now. Fill them up, God. Let them drink deep of your presence. Let them drink deep of your experience of your spirit, God. Lord, I just thank you that the things of the world that they experience, God, are broken right now in Jesus' name. God, that you're just filling them up. Fill them up even more and more. Yeah, I just keep feeling like the, the, the Lord, He's just breaking so many of the heavy things off, even if it was depression, if it was anxiety, but God, He's they're just filling them up with their joy, giving them just a refresh. Just a refresh of just a, a fresh wind in their, in their spirit and in their lungs. So, God, we just even thank you that right now that you're restoring people's hearts, you're restoring people's spirits and their minds. God, I just even ask you just to do it again, do it again in their lives. God, we people that have been running. God, that people that have been going far away. God, that they just encounter your spirit right now, that they encounter your presence right now. We thank you, Lord. Jesus. Guys, right now, I just want to ask you,
1: if if you're watching this, even if you're watching the recording, I want you to put a number one right there in the message slot right down here. Put a number one in there if you're ready for a great move of God. If you want a touch of God on your life tonight, if you want the fire of God released in your life, even as Andrew's praying there, Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just put a number one in there and say, pray for me. I'm I'm going to put a number one. Look, I want y'all to pray for me. I want a move of God. I don't want to stay where I'm at. And I'm I'm believing tonight for a great move of God in Kentucky and Tennessee, Missouri, all over this nation. We declare right now a supernatural move of God. So open up your heart right now and let the Holy Spirit touch you and impact you and uh, really uh, set your heart ablaze with his glory. Yes, yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Lord. Thank Jesus. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus.
0: Thank yes. you, Father. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there's just this... Uh... This verse uh, of a song I wrote, it just keeps coming in my head. It says, you know, you want to go deep, hit the roots of me and cut as you please. Everything is yours. And I just feel like there's a moment of people that they're surrendering and God, he is wanting, he is wanting to say, let me go deep tonight. Let me hit the deep places of you. Let me just cut away. Let me prune away. Let me just remove the hard things. Because what God, what he's wanting to grow out of you is so much better. What he's wanting to birth out of you and through you is so much better than, than than the things that he was asking you to take away. So, Lord, we just even thank you that right now, God, that you are just birthing new things. God, Lord, we just even give you a fresh yes, a fresh, a fresh yes of surrender. God, come and take away as you want. God, come and fill us up as you want. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord.
1: Father, right now, would you just touch Shannon? Fill her up. Touch her. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon her. Amber, April. Thank you, Father. Alicia, Father, let your Holy Spirit pour out upon each one of these. Set the fire of God loose. Set it ablaze. In newly awakened ministries, God, in this ministry, we pray in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, forge this team together. Look, I, I, I see your team, Andrew. I, I don't see them just knitted together like a quilt or a fabric, but I see them welded and forged together by the fire. And the Spirit of God is raising up a team. Uh, God is, is raising up a team It's going to be rightly joined together by the fire of awakening. And God's going to begin to use each of the members of this team uh, dramatically, but he's going to expand the ministry, increase the reach, bless this ministry, I pray, with supernatural resources, income, strategy, visions, dreams, and relationships that they can expand and fully reach the the destiny and the purpose that God has birthed in this ministry in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know that if it, if I even feel like the Lord is saying there's, I keep saying that there's like nerve pain in people, someone's thighs, like, uh, like upper thigh. Uh, I just feel like the Lord, he is, he is healing, he's healing you. If you've been having trouble walking, if there's been trouble, just even the nerves around your hips, Lord, we just even thank you that you're healing. Will you reveal you heal, God? I just thank you that you're, you're healing their legs right now in Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, if there's someone that's been going through a lot of uh, emotional trauma, maybe it's been because of the pandemic. Maybe, it's, maybe you've lost a, a very precious loved one. Maybe there's somebody that's going through a divorce right now. If there's emotional trauma or pain happening in your life right now, I, I just declare that the Lord is the balm of Gilead. There's healing in the name of Jesus not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Uh, Encounter tonight the person of peace. Peace is not a gift we pursue, but it's a person that we encounter. God, in the name of Jesus, become the peace speaker for someone on this call. Someone that's listening needs the peace of God. In their life right now, in the name of Jesus. Friend, just turn your heart to the Lord. Let Him speak peace to you. The Lord is not angry at you. He's not abandoned you. He's not left you. He's not forgotten you. You take one step towards Him, and He's going to run towards you. Speak peace, Father, over troubled situations. Troubled emotions and spirit, God, in the name of Jesus, touch your people.
0: Touch your people, Father. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we just even thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you're going to continue to do. And Lord, we just even ask that if there's anybody that watches the replay, God, that you just meet their need. God, that your will will be done in their life. God, that we just even pray for healing, for even restoration in areas of people's lives. God, we ask for your kingdom come and your will be done on Thank earth you, as it was in heaven, Lord. God, we ask for your, your will to be done. Hmm. yeah yeah and okay. before before we before we end I just keep I just keep hearing that some people are even like holding on to the promises that are from God and it's like he need they need to remember that his word does not return void his words are not empty words every time he says something it comes in the fullness and it's just sometimes it's just us receiving it's just, when are, we going to, like, when are we going to receive, God? I just thank you for uh, for what you're doing. We just thank you for tonight, God. We thank you uh, for what you poured out. And we thank you that your spirit was poured out afresh on us and through us. And God, even in to others, God, for all those that are impacted, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness and your peace and your joy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Did you have anything else, Mr. Rick?
1: You know, I just just am feeling so strongly that the Holy Spirit is touching people on this call. I love it. And, you know, Andrew, it's one of the things we were talking about early on. There's something that there's a fellowship by the Holy Spirit that is created. It's not limited to time or space. We don't have to be in the same church or in the same room or in the same city, when we gather, Holy Spirit touches people. And I'm so glad for that. And I just want to encourage people and encourage them, even in this time of sickness and pandemic and all of that, God has the answer, you know, and just one other thing real quick, because I believe that this matters. But you know, it was Spring of 2019, the Spirit of God said to me that he's going to begin to renew the mind and restore the bodies of leaders because of the days we were coming into. Mm. It was 10 months before the pandemic. I had no idea what was happening other than I said yes to the word of the Lord. Mm. Somebody tonight needs to hear There is no risk in saying yes to the word of the Lord for your life. I said yes. I said, Lord, I need both. I don't want the renewing of the mind, and I I want the restoring of the body. And you know, I begin to pull myself to that. And now, Andrew, I've lost 115 pounds. I'm off all of my medications. I had sleep apnea for 20 years, no longer have sleep apnea, got up this morning, did a spin class for an hour, an aerobic spin class. I've done 150 push-ups today. Just before I got on this call, I went for a 3.8-mile run that I just got, uh, you know, you and I talked about that before we went live. I'm 62 years old. I'm healthier and stronger now than I was at 40, and I'm just telling you, there is an anointing upon people to live today to the maximum of our kingdom potential. God wants us to live a Zoe life, the full life, not just not just a partial living to get by. And so I, I just want to encourage everybody that that what God has called them to do, there is no risk. When we say yes to the Word of the Lord
0: that's good that's good well, that's all I got Yes, sir. well, everyone um you know if you got I just would even want to say if you guys were blessed tonight and if you guys want to partner with Mr. Rick and anything his his description is is above or it might be below, whichever way you're viewing, um, also his book like we mentioned earlier, uh, The Sound of Awakening. I'm telling you, I got it. It, I've read it. It's an amazing book. Uh, It's so many encounters that, like, it it just wows your mind. Like, it's just purely divine. Uh, I'm telling you uh, that God, he's doing something good. Get, Get that book. I'm telling you, it's worth it. If Even if you have to get it on Kindle, if it's on Amazon, get the paperback, whatever you got to do, like the, the Audible, but whatever you got to do, I would just say, get it. It's worth your time. It's worth the investment. Uh, and I just want to say, if you can, Mr. Rick, if you can hold on at, right after we end this live for just two minutes for me. But guys, we just want to say thank you, Mr. Rick, for joining us tonight. It was truly an honor to go live with you uh, and everyone that's watching. We love you. We hope that you are blessed. We hope that you just encountered the Lord in a fresh new way tonight. And you all have a wonderful evening.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel of Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries.
0: You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.